Hello everybody and welcome back to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. This is episode number 14. My name is Andy Spateria and as always I'm joined by Taylor Wells. How you doing Taylor? Pretty good, pretty good. And we have a special guest on the show today, Zelda Dungeon Social Media Manager and Marathon Coordinator, Kevin O'Rourke. How you doing? I am doing fantastic, guys. How are we doing today? Just chugging Can't along. Can't complain. Not yet, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so E3 month continues here on the Champions Cast. Um, last week, me and Taylor laid it all out on the line in our E3 predictions, what we think is going to happen at Nintendo's press conference. And we've got a special bonus episode coming out for you today with uh, predictions for all the rest of the conferences. So make sure to check that out. Uh, Of course, we have our E3 live stream coming at you next week, June 12th. We're going to be live on Zelda Dungeon Twitch, so make sure that you come in and check that out. But today, we are going to be covering a few E3 topics of our own. We're going to be looking back at Skyward Sword's dubious E3 history. We are going to be talking about the Zelda Dungeon Marathon. But first, before we get there, one of our uh, one of our E3 predictions, Taylor, has already been blown up in the water for both of us with the announcement of Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu Edition and Eevee Edition. Um, I look like a particular fool because last week I was like, ah, oh, those rumors aren't true about the Pokemon Pikachu Eevee thing. And lo and behold, like a week later, it's true. Yeah. So I just wanted to get your guys' quick takes. Um, Kevin, I don't know how much of a Pokemon fan you are, but I love Pokemon. Taylor, I know that you do. I do. So well, what what do you guys think? Just really quickly. Um, I. It's interesting because, unfortunately, I've been super, super busy this week, so I haven't had a whole lot of time to check it out. But uh, I, at first, I'm a little sad that I lost out on a point, but... All things considered, I, I think I'm still going to be the victor, so that's the important part. But for Let's Go Pikachu uh, and Eevee, um, I don't know. I I try to look towards Pokemon games, you know, in a in an optimistic kind of way, in that each game will have all the elements that I liked in previous ones, and then add something new that that might you know, kind of refresh interest in the series. So I'm, I'm just kind of hoping that it's the same thing here. I think I will have a better opinion once I'm able to actually look into it a little bit more. But I don't know. I, I'm hopeful that it'll be an improvement on what it's coming after. Yeah, I think at a, at a quick first glance, it seems like it's like the perfect mix of like the quote-unquote casual Pokemon players and maybe, like, the more hardcore Pokemon players. Yeah. And it looks like it's taking, like, aspects from Pokemon Go and having the, um... I think it's cool that you can, like, flick the remote or flick the Joy-Con and and catch Pokemon and having that, um... the Pokeball-like attachment. It seems kind of cool. Apparently they went to to great lengths to ensure that 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 Pokeball feels like there's actually something inside, which is kind of cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, when I saw the, like, this is going back to the Switch announcement, seeing the HD rumble, I always thought of, like, okay, how would this be, like, if you were catching a Pokemon in um, whatever Pokemon Switch game, which it looks like this will be the first one, followed by whatever mainline one. They the create. core title, yeah. I always thought the HD rumble would be kind of cool for, like, for that specifically, and it looks like it will be. 
it's kind of interesting though cool. too because like when you look at what they're what they're doing with this it seems kind of very similar to their approach with things on the wii and where they're trying to add more and more motion control stuff um but it seems like this time they're actually trying to put a little bit more thought i want to say into the execution and into you know why why this particular game has motion controls and why this one doesn't you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think that this one only has motion controls to kind of emulate the feeling of, of Pokemon Go. Because this game, like, you catch Pokemon in the same manner that you do when you're playing Pokemon Go. Right. Um, so it's weird that you don't battle Pokemon or anything like that. I, I still think, like, it, 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 I'm just saying, like, you know, when it when it comes to... It, with the Switch in particular, it seems like they're very they're very cautious about what they're moving forward with with motion controls like if a game has motion controls they're trying to put in it seems like they're putting it in in only areas where it makes sense you know what i mean yeah but i think it's gonna yeah, be a great uh, game my, my only gripe yeah my only gripe is that it looks like a 3ds game um and that i think i don't know if they confirm this or not but i think it's only the kanto pokemon in there the original 151 it seems like it because they stressed that you can transfer Pokemon from your Pokemon Go uh, app, and specifically only Kanto Pokemon. But I mean that's kind of cool because I haven't I I was hardcore into Pokemon Go. I completed the the first two generations of Pokemon on my Pokedex, and after that just kind of fell off. But uh, I wonder um, if they're going to. I, I love the idea of Pokemon still. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to add in perhaps kind of like they did with Pokemon Go, and where they added you know, successive successor generations later on. I wonder if they'll do the same thing with with uh, Pikachu and, and Eevee. I, I think that would make sense. Maybe, like, some free but DLC or something Would it like work that. as DLC, or would they just patch it in, I wonder? Like, would they try and go for a marketing aspect uh, and try and sell it to us? I don't know. Either, I can't imagine them charging for it. So either as like a as an update or as like DLC or something like that. Pay $3 and get Suicune. I'd pay $3 for Suicune. I'd pay like 20 bucks for Rayquaza. Rayquaza's cool. I don't, I don't really like any of the Gen 2 legendaries, if I'm being honest. That's true. You, you, have to, you talked about a lot of that in our Game Boy Advance episode. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't like the Gen 2 starters, and I don't like the Gen 2 legendaries. Oh, Gen, Gen 3, though, is pretty awesome. I, don't, uh, I really yeah, like Gen 1 and Gen 2. I don't know about that. Sunflora? Big Keep... Sunflower? <laughs> I only liked Gen 3 when Emerald came out. I'll be honest. Alright, let's get this over to some Zelda talk. What do you guys think about that? Let's do Before... it. There's one thing I do want to chime in with, though, before we wrap up Pokemon. And I want to get yes. your thoughts real quick. Who is buying the Eevee version? I feel so bad for Eevee. Uh, Hi, I'm, I'm buying Eevee. Are you? Let's look. Jolteon is way cooler than Pikachu. But you can't have Jolteon on your shoulder. Well, Eevee's got to evolve eventually. But is Jolteon's spikes actually spiky, or is it just fur that's kind of like hair gelled into spikes? That, that would no, be the I think it's fur, but it's like static, electricitized. So you could have it on, have her that, on your shoulder in that way. So, I don't know. We'll have to see when the game comes out. I, I not only could you have not only could you have Jolteon on your shoulder, but Jolteon would probably make your trainer's hair 
like static Dragon Ball Z status. Oh, these are the yeah, kind of like that dude from Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, we're going Super Saiyan Pokemon guys. Uh, I know my significant other is probably gonna get the Eevee version because they really like um, they really like a lot of like three of the different evolutions, so they'll probably do that. I will personally be getting the Pikachu one because Eevee is not. I, I they're not bad, but I I really only like one of their evolutions, so. Yeah, I'm a Vaporeon fan, but not much else. Flareon and Jolteon are cool, but the rest of them are just like, eh, they just tried to add more types. Anyways, let's flip it over to Legend of Zelda here, shall we? Let's do it. So, we've asked Mr. O'Rourke to come on the show so he can give us a little bit of an update about the upcoming Zelda Dungeon Marathon. So, Kevin, why don't you take it away, tell our listeners a little bit about the marathon where they can watch, what they can expect, and what the cause goes towards. Sure. So the Zelda Dungeon Marathon is going to run from July 14th through July 20th. And the entire ZD team is going to be playing through every single mainline Zelda title and a bunch of side games. So that includes, like, Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land, the CDI games, Hyrule Warriors. Um, and we're actually going to be building a puzzle live, which we've done in previous years, which is a ton of fun. Um, some of the big races to look out for this year is the Twilight Princess HD Rumble, where a new player starts every half an hour or so, and the six-player Ocarina of Time race, which is the biggest Ocarina of Time uh, 3D race, and Ocarina of Time race that we've ever, ever done at the marathon. We're also going to be doing an elimination-style Minish Cat, where players are kabooted off the game after they... Uh, you know, fail at a certain temple or another player progresses further in the game. Um, so a little bit of details about the marathon itself. We're going to be supporting Extra Life, which we've uh, supported in the past. They're a great cause. Um, and they help save and improve the lives of sick and injured kids. So all the money that we raise is immediately just going right to Extra Life. Uh, we'll have a widget up on the, on the Twitch page that you could donate towards. I'm also include any links in the podcast description. Um, and the group that we're going to be sponsoring specifically is the Children's Hospital of Illinois, located in Peoria, Illinois. And uh, they're they're a great um, smaller hospital, but they do a lot of great stuff. They have a trauma care center, um, neonatal research going on there as well. It's a great cause. I can't wait for it. I'm I'm real excited. I know you guys are too. You guys are going to be playing in it as well. Oh, yeah. I'm playing a lot more games than I thought I would, and it's going to be real fun. Taylor and I are both making our Zelda Dungeon Marathon debut this year. So as the date draws a little bit closer, uh, you might hear us cut some promos on each other because we're actually, we're racing Minish Cap specifically in direct competition. So we might have to add some extra stakes to that race. It's true. To see uh, who comes out on top. And originally, actually, we I think we were only slated to play Minish Cap together, but now um, I'll be running Ocarina of Time with you. That's Yeah, that's true. That's true. So we might have to make a couple different wagers on there. That's true. But what are we um, going to wager so- in the fact that we're, make, we're putting everything on the line with this current E3 rate wager? Do a hair versus uh, we, we mask can think of something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could go hair versus hair. It's true. Um, so how many how many staff members of Zelda Dungeon uh, typically show up for the marathon, and what does 
take us behind the scenes of it a little bit. What does it actually look like inside of the house when all this is going on? Sure. So we have usually about, uh, I want to say like 15 to 18 people. And we have a few locals that will drift in, you know, that are local in, sh- in the Chicago area. Um, the house itself is huge. So we have uh, the basement where all the action happens. Uh, we have just wall-to-wall screens uh, f- just with Wii U's, 3DS's, everything plugged in. Uh, because some of these races are ridiculously huge. That's one of like the key selling points of the marathon that we always strive to improve on is having more races with more people, um, including, like, Ocarina of Time six-player race. Like, imagining just the hardware that's churning in the basement, generating all this heat, and hopefully not killing the power grid. Again. Um, it's it's incredible to just walk down there, and you're almost, like, in awe each time, seeing, like, wow, like this is crazy. Like, we have, like, four people that are playing this game, like, head-to-head. So is, it, is it true or false that the air conditioning doesn't work? in the basement where the marathon takes place. Uh, it's been, it's been true that it works for most of the <laughs> marathon. Uh, we, we kind of hit that upper limit of body heat combined with like heat projected off of TVs. We use uh, switches now that just kill the air conditioning. We've made like 3am air conditioning runs to Walmart Luckily, they're 24 hours. Uh, and just, like, purchasing new air conditioning units to replace the ones that are literally, like, caked over with frost. Which is thankful that we're doing this marathon in the summer, right? <laughs> the summer in Chicago is very... Uh, mild? It's hot. Oh. Not hot. mild. Yeah, not mild. It's hot, and uh, the air conditioning will let you know. Does it compare to a California summer? Oh, man, I haven't been in California in a long time. Uh, Mm. I'm imagining that the humidity, if it's anything like Seattle, the humidity is worse in Chicago. Um, It's it's a little like Seattle, but it's mostly, like, California is pretty much almost entirely a desert. So depending on where you are, it can get really hot. Like, if you go in the valley, you're looking at temperatures every day during, like, just a regular season, like spring or something like that, in, like, the 80s and 90s. And in summer, okay. let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at 80s in July. Okay. That's, uh, you, so, you're walking in the soup when you're outside. So, so it's, 200 it's degrees in the basement, 80 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's, so it's, it's for the rest bit. of the world that uh, that is regular and has Celsius, what is 80? 80 degrees Fahrenheit. So that'd be like 30-something, 30, uh, 30 degrees, 35? It's hot. I think 34 degrees or 30, something between 34 and 37, I think it translates to 80 some or 90 something in Fahrenheit. That's so with all that tech, with all those gamers, that's one hot basement full of Zelda. And we wouldn't have it any other way. It's what we like to call a hot take. So if people, (laughs) if people wanted to watch us three goobers playing Zelda, where are they going to go and do that? Twitch TV, Twitch TV slash Zelda Dungeon, on July fourteenth, all the way through the twentieth. It's a lot of Zelda, and that's coming up quickly. That's coming up, uh, man, like next month. Yeah. 
So last question for you, Kevin, about the marathon. Mm, the so most important When Taylor question. and I want to go get some, some Chicago pizza, dish pizza. Uh, where should we go? We Head need to go over to Giordano's. Wait, Giordano's I thought deep dish wasn't good. a pizza. That was lasagna. Yeah, it, deep dish, it, definitely. It's like you're eating like a cake. Giordano's, okay. And I'm... Uh, no, actually, I've I've not experienced that. What? No. Have you never had deep dish pizza before? <laughs> Oh my god. This is going to no. change everything for you. You've never... So hold, so hold up, hold up, hold up. You've never ordered from Chicago Deep Dish Pizza? Oh, so well, I'm, I'm going oh go to go to the marathon. This is going to be like playing and then I'm gonna come back and I'm just like, my whole again. world and life view this, this is, is going to be changed, oh. revolutionized. You know what? Here's here's the wager. For how many people? Because I remember the because I because yeah, I remember the Domino's pizza. run for two hundred dollars. Yeah, that's a pretty good story. If you guys want me to, I'm talking. I'm talking for me, for me and you. Prime and time you. podcast talk. Oh yeah. All right, all right. So here here goes the pizza story. And by the way, I'm from New York, so pizza is very sacred. Take us away. Pizza still better than Chicago pizza. I just went to New York last year, and I can confirm this. This good pizza. it was a revolutionary experience there. So, Andy, you better be right. That's true because it's lasagna, right? Not pizza. <laughs> so yeah, so but let's you've talk, never had uh, Chicago deep dish pizza. Let's talk marathon last year. It's 2017. Yeah, uh, it does have some lasagna it qualities. It is yeah. dumb o'clock in the morning. Um, conveniently around the time when Papa John's is closing. So we're placing an order with Papa John's online and just adding pizzas. The the money is flowing at this point. Uh, we're all dead tired. Everyone's played Twilight Princess. So this is... For some people, they've been playing this game for like 10 hours straight. People are hungry and angry. And the AC at this point kind of kicked out. And we had all the lights off in the basement just to keep, like, the heat down. And it gets a little bit colder at night. So, we make the order to Papa John's Pizza. And this is, like, a 200 and some odd dollar order. And we get a phone call from Papa John saying, Hey, we just were calling to make sure that this is a real order. You know, we turned all the, the ovens off. We're, like, packing up. We're closing. And we just go, yeah, yeah, it's it's a real order. And they're like, okay, it's going to take some extra time. So about an hour and a half after Papa John's is supposed to close, the poor delivery guy comes with this mountain of pizza. And we just, feel, it was like pity pizza. We felt so awful. I gave this guy a huge tip. Um, what seems to happen at the marathon is that whenever there's some kind of like strange situation... It always seems to be me that's answering the door, and it's not my house. I've answered the door for the cops. I've answered the door for packages I've signed in Masi's name. And I also answered the door for a 200-some-odd-dollar Papa John's pizza order. I'm pretty sure that's probably because the you're the most diplomatic of all of us. Yeah, I, uh, I felt real bad for that guy. Give him a real good tip. We'll have to see if we can top that That's order this year. Maybe order like yeah, if I lose, two, I'm not like paying that much. Bucks, Chicago deep dish pizza. Not by myself, at least. I would take that challenge. <laughs> All right, you can just buy me pizza then. 
All right, so let's let's get back to to E three month here, and I was I was a little bit disappointed earlier because we were talking about motion controls and Pokemon, and that would have been such a good segue, but we left it way behind us. So we're just gonna start afresh. I want to revisit the ups and downs of Zelda at E three. Now, generally speaking, if I were to say to you, what is the greatest moment that you can remember in E3 history. Definitely the greatest moment that you can remember in Zelda E3 history. What would you say? I I lived for that trailer. I would say Twilight Princess. I I still watch it to this day. And like the crowd just going crazy. Like crazy. People are screaming. People are crying. It's oh my god it's pandemonium and it is amazing. It's amazing. Probably the greatest. Oh, it, it yeah, gives me chills I, to I this day say, to watch it. it uh, it's just it, it was. I, I would definitely say tingling. that Twilight Princess is probably the top runner in so that, that aspect. Was... But at the same time, the the original Breath of the Wild trailer that was released. Uh, what was it? E three twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen. Yeah, um, I. That was. Uh, I have to say that right. that reaction was pretty good too. But Zelda Wii yeah, U, Twilight going. Princess was insane. So let, let's stick on, let's stick on Twilight Princess here, and it's ironic because it's I like incredible. Twilight Princess, but I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite Zelda games. But that trailer is just so so good. That happens at E3 2004. Now, Nintendo was pretty much wrapped up its show at that point. It had a pretty good showing at E3 2004. It had uh, it had shown off Metroid Prime 2 Echoes, which, uh, which was a crowd pleaser, and it had shown off the new Nintendo DS. And so, you know, the conference was, was pretty much over at that point, and people, I, I think at that point, Nintendo had had a pretty solid... Um, E3 conference, but then Reggie struts on the stage and he has a big smirk on his face because he knows that he's about to pop the crowd and he's like, we have one more experience that we want to share with you and he plays this Twilight Princess trailer and the place just goes bonkers and then they they end, he didn't quite drop the mic but if, if he could have that's what it would have sounded like is him just just dropping that microphone and walking off because he knew that he had just blown the roof off the place and so that was that's e3 2004 arguably nintendo's e3 high until maybe the the breath of the wild themed e3 conference a couple years ago so six six years later they go from all-time high to all-time low do you guys remember yeah, Skyward Sword E3 press conferences. Uh, or E3 I conference, mean, and do you remember the we reaction? We were all to really. It? I think we were all really looking forward to what they were going to show us because everybody knew that something something new was coming for Zelda because it was about that time, and a lot of the rumors going around at the time were also just like pretty pretty crazy and what what was coming next. So, you know, the hype was at all time high, and then what ended up happening just oof, it was it was rough. 
Yeah, the the hype bubble kind of deflated when the uh, the gameplay demo just sort of collapsed. And since then, I'm I'm pretty sure that that doomed any live demo that Nintendo would do. And so let's let's set the table here for Skyward Sword's spectacularly awful E3 presentation here, because it's it's not just the demo that goes wrong, but there's a few things leading up to that which which kind of started off on a sour note too. So the cool thing about Twilight Princess is when that game or when that trailer was announced, that was like the main event of their conference that was the last trailer that's what left a lasting impression on on the fans and that was the big deal of of e3 2004 so e3 2010 starts off with the twilight or the skyward sword demo and so immediately you have this connotation of like well this isn't like their main attraction. It's it's kicking off the show versus Twilight Princess where it ended the show. At least to me, that's what came across was that it wasn't quite main event level. So you have you have that working against it, and then you have also the the Twilight Princess trailer. Well, I mean, granted, it was only like two minutes, but you have this this really cool like little snippets of gameplay, little snippets of of just Link looking like a badass, and and other stuff going on and in and in this in skyward sword you just have link kind of running around it's not very cinematic it's not very gripping and for such a story driven zelda game it's it's odd that they wouldn't have put some more focus on that versus stri- like deciding entirely to build their conference around how the game controls so to me that just kind of yeah, it the trailer already or the teaser rather set it off in a bad Skyward way. Sword um, was kind of would you guys agree with that? Impressive. I definitely agree with that. And then the fact that we had the demo afterwards, which was even more unfortunate, for lack of a better term. Uh, yeah, it. I if you haven't seen it already, like definitely. People should go to YouTube because it's up there in droves and watch it because it was, yeah. But if you haven't seen it, definitely we were go also and watch gonna, it. We just were almost because, gonna do like, like it's not even necessarily oh like, like you know it. we're trying to make fun <laughs> of it, but it's more along the lines of you really have to see it to understand kind of the the huge kind of downfall of what or aftermath of what happened and and how it just it was so it was so different from what had happened before and and so it actually it starts off kind of cool though it has that cool little like zelda um trailer yeah. where it shows all the different like like gameplay like it, it that's has, true like, swirling it's just mask like an ocarina of time it's and interesting then, like, to see the progression of how they go so from actually, like, like twilight princess uh, that that trailer and the and the reveal of that, then going into oh yeah we're starting off promising with the fact that we you know the hype train is strong, and then you get that that cool little bit, and then you get what comes after, it's it's quite <laughs> it's quite a progression. So. Reggie, <laughs> Reggie introduces us 
to uh, Mr. Miyamoto. Uh, Miyamoto-san comes out, and he's got the Hylian shield, and he's got the Hylian sword, and he's ready to rock. Bill Trennan is up there. He's going to be interpreting for Miyamoto-san. And, uh, you know, it looks like it's going to be a quirky Nintendo-esque presentation. So, you know, we've had kind of a, a, a bum trailer. We've had... We've had this game maybe not in the main event slot, but it still could be fun. You know, this is salvageable. This is definitely salvageable. And then the infamous tech demo happens, and <laughs> Miyamoto-san is swinging, and nothing, nothing is going right. Bill Trennan is up there sweating. I'm sure that he's he like about 10 pounds looking for the exit in the nearest bar because <laughs> he is just trying to make sense of this madness. <laughs> and. <laughs> So he's he's just like uh, uh Miyamoto-san, uh, you need to you need to turn around or and he he's just he's trying to explain to this crowd and this this crowd watching this is absolutely dead. They're they are watching this and they are confused at best and, and like completely like they're just leaving at worst. So this goes on for fifteen minutes so nobody called an audible and nobody stopped this earlier because like clearly nothing was working and it just it drags on and on and on and on and so (laughs) i remember watching this and i was just like oh man this this game looks awful like this just looks terrible yeah i I was looking i was like well and and i'm sure i wasn't the only one thinking that after that something is wrong but nobody, as you said, like nobody's calling an audible. So, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to imagine what their their production team was thinking while this was going on. Just like, yeah, we're just gonna let uh, Miyamoto stand there with his, you know, you know what in his hands, <laughs> looking around like something's supposed to happen. <laughs> but yeah, his Wii remote, <laughs> and nothing's happening. And he's just like, well, <laughs> crap. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the toughest part about the game, too, is that the sell of it is the controls. Yeah. The motion controls are critical. 100% critical to this game. And, and yeah, and when you bundle that... So I can can just imagine Reggie standing in Gorilla just flipping out and watching this. I think... Yeah, Reggie was definitely... Gorilla is a wrestling term for backstage, by the way, to anybody that didn't know Can you imagine him, too? Because he's uh, like, okay, well, I just tried to give this awesome opening into (laughs) what we're showing off next, and this is what's happening. (laughs) How are we going to fix this? Because, you know, Reggie's that PR man, so he's got to think about all this, too. And you have the entire show after this, too. Yeah. Um, And it didn't... So we would later learn that uh, that uh, like the infrared from all the cameras pointed on stage um, basically basically caused havoc with the Wii Motion Plus sensors, and that's why that's why nothing really worked. So when it, it's ironic because Skyward Sword is one of my favorite Zelda games, and I I really love the motion controls, but like man, the way that they sold it, it just it, it couldn't have been worse. And 
Kevin, I know that you don't like Skyward Sword as much as other Zelda games. Like, would you say that the stigma of this presentation kind of carried over uh, with you I when you started Skyward playing Sword, Skyward Sword? Not too. I remember it was incredibly difficult to find a Wii Motion Plus controller or the add-on for it, and they had that gold Wii remote. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there's more to it with Skyward Sword than like the the E3 presentation. Like, I don't look at it and be like, oh, this is just like the E3 presentation. I don't think it was for any hardcore Zelda fan either, though. Like, I I think when it comes down to it, like, people people like you, me, Andy, Mossies, everybody here at Zelda Dungeon especially, like, we look at we look at the E3 trailers and presentations, we're like, okay, so this is kind of... This is kind of a taste of what we might get next, but I don't think any of us really makes any harsh opinions based off of an E3 presentation compared to, you know, whether we buy the game and when we play it. Yeah, because when you're playing the box copy, it's the selling point of Skyward Sword. And if you check every review site um, for when the game released, it's it's all about the story. The yeah. story for Skyward Sword is, like, the bread and butter of the game. And having a 15-minute presentation on the controls and, and how the game behaves, like, does not give you a clear depiction of, like... Like, if you showed someone this and be like, oh, yes, this is Skyward Sword, this is everything you need to know about it, they'd be like, it's terrible, I'm never going to play this game. But you show them some of the cutscenes, some of the stories, some of the characters, it's like, wow, this is great. Like, I gotta and, check And this I think that, out. like, when you do... When you say Skyward Sword to someone, their immediate connotation is motion controls. Like, I think. Rather than, like you said, like, great story. Because when I think of Skyward Sword... Like, even I think motion controls, but I also think great story. But I never had a problem with the controls. But, like, for such... So the Wii was such a casual console. Like, so many people owned a Wii that weren't necessarily gamers. Or maybe they were just, like... Maybe they were, you know, older gamers that were getting out of it. But, you know, it it seems to me that it did kind of carry this this stink around with it after this... uh, after this presentation because like Skyward Sword didn't really sell that well in comparison to Twilight Princess and I know that it came out at the tail end of the of the Wii's life but it, it does it, it is weird that it's a mainline Zelda game and it's you know it's doing worse than some of the than some of the handheld Zelda games so I don't know I don't know if there's I don't know if there's a correlation between the E3 presentation and the sales figures but I think the fact that there clearly was an issue with the motion controls, um, at least in some in some copies or some games or whatever, you know, whether that was because of how the Wii Motion Plus, you know, functioned or just, you know, people not knowing how to set their Wii's up properly or, or whatever the case may be, there was clearly an issue that enough people were affected by it that I think that it, it was less to do with the E3 presentation and more to do with the fact that there were a significant number of people who experienced the same kind of problems that Miyamoto did in their in their game in their gameplay. And while you and I didn't, and so when I hear Skyward Sword, I first think of story rather than motion controls. I know that there are plenty plenty of people who had the unfortunate circumstance of having uh poor poor controls infrared making everything go bonkers um the the thing that we also need to consider here is that like e3 as it is 
is not intended for like consumers. No, it's it's definitely an industry it's thing. The it's always been the nerds. Yeah. Well, it's always been an industry. It's for the industry peeps, people in the industry, and it's kind of just shown to the public as as a kind of thing where they're like, yeah, here's what's coming out. Great. But yeah, it, for so. the, it's, you know, all the all the industry people are like, okay, well, this is what the competitors are doing. This is what's on the market. This is where, you know, tech and games are going in the future. Let's adopt our model, our marketing strategy accordingly. So that being said now, your average Wii owner has a Wii with Wii Sports. Maybe they have some other game. Maybe they have Mario Party. The, you know, the, the core Wii player is not having, a, or not the core Wii player, your, your average Wii player is not buying or playing Skyward Sword. Yeah, it does. It, it does. It it always seemed weird to me though that like Twilight Princess literally doubled up on Skyward Sword in terms of sales, and I I do like it does kind of make me wonder what other factors there were because there has to be more than the fact there, that there that is. you know they came out so far apart. Um, well, for I, one I think thing, a lot of Twilight maybe Pr- put their wheeze away at that point. But well, but for, think about it this way too: is like for one thing, Twilight Princess was also released on two consoles. It was released on the GameCube yes. and the Wii. And also, and I'm talking for game just the Wii. Wii, just the Wii sales figures of Twilight Princess doubled up. Skyward Sword. Yes, Skyward Sword's released in what 2011. Mm-hmm. Skyward Sword released in 2011. 2011, 2012. 2011, 2012. Yeah. So Skyward Sword sold. Um, 3.95 million units. Twilight Princess on the Wii alone sold 7.15. Yeah, so yeah, a, I believe so that for sure. Difference. Like, it was the only game I remember having, like, when the Wii came out. It was the only game the, you had. The pool of talent for the Wii release was Wii Sports, which everyone had. Best-selling game in the world. Um, because it was free. You had Twilight Princess. You had Red Steel. You had Marvel Ultimate Alliance and Spider-Man 3. Those were the Ugh. five games that I had on the Wii at launch. Let's not even let's not even let's move on from Spider-Man so, 3. Twilight <laughs> Princess talk about anything with that. Twilight Princess is clearly like you start off your console with a release like Twilight Princess like that's incredible. Yeah, there's there's no there, I, I don't think it's really hard to compare Twilight Princess to Skyward Sword just because of in, in like E three presentation aside, like Twilight Princess being a launch title for for the Wii, the fact that the Wii did not really have the strongest lineup to start with, as Kevin pointed out, and then the fact that like successive titles coming out on the Wii weren't really all that much better, with maybe the exception of Smash, so. Uh, Smash didn't come out until 2008. Well, that's what I was a long ways away yet. Too. Well, yeah, but that's Super what I'm Mario saying. Mario Galaxy was like. No, no, pinnacle. that's that's a great point. It's a great point. What was Galaxy? That was 2009. I think yeah, Galaxy and later. Metroid Prime 3 were 2009. I'm trying to think of what came out in 2007 for the Wii, and I can't think of anything. Maybe Mario. It, not too Kart? much. They wrote off the success of Wii Sports and a few other games that popped up, and and, and the Wii was incredibly successful. Yeah, and one of the most it, successful consoles of, of all time. And the other thing that you brought up too, Andy, which I know you kind of you kind of tossed it off as a footnote, but I also think is also is pretty significant, 
is that Skyward Sword was released at the end of the Wii's life cycle. And Bingo. the fact that, like, I, I don't think you can quite let it go. Because at that point, if you think, like, at least from my point of view, when I was, when I was playing my Wii, I was thinking, look, you know, it's the end of this console's lifetime. We're we're probably getting something new from Nintendo, and I was much more excited about that than I was when I when Skyward Sword was announced. Now, granted, again, Skyward Sword is also, I think... Granted, we got the Wii U, which sucked. Yes, that too. But that being said, like, I think a lot of people were in the mindset of, like, oh, this is kind of, kind of the end. Maybe we'll get a dual release of Skyward Sword like we got with Twilight Princess, you know. I, I don't think anybody was really... I think they're for the long haul. I, I, I think you're totally right. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I wouldn't quite say it's a footnote. I think it was definitely a major factor that a lot of people had already put away their Wii's um, by by probably about 2010. Because for the last couple of years of the Wii's life, like aside from Skyward Sword and maybe Odyssey 2, like nothing came out. Yeah, for and the Wii. to be to Odyssey be fair, what well, you saw it said it was yeah, sold like 2.75 or was it? How many? How many? No, it, was, it was just under four million. Just under four million. That's still not too bad, especially considering all the factors that we're talking about here. But it's it's only when yeah, you're comparing it to it's a Twilight Princess. It's... <laughs> it's only when you're comparing it to Twilight Princess where it's just like, oh god, what happened? You know? No, I think uh, it, Ocarina of Time outsold it. Majora's Mask, I think, did not outsell it, but came close. And how many releases has Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time got? No, no I'm counting strictly for N64. So with with re-releases, they they've blown Skyward Sword out of the water. Uh, every almost every Zelda way. game has. 3D yeah, Zelda game. Which Skyward Sword remastered? Nintendo, please. Yeah, we. <laughs> I I would play it if it was on the Switch. I'd play it. Maybe maybe on a Netflix like virtual console. <laughs> we yeah. we keep pushing for this Taylor? virtual console. Taylor. <laughs> no huh? no Netflix virtual console. Just give me a. Flat out regular virtual console, please. I'm so, so tired. I was, I was originally going to focus on uh, just Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword at E3, but uh, I wanted to spend a few quick minutes talking about Breath of the Wild at E3 because that was that was definitely a, a triumph for Nintendo as well, and one that I actually overlooked when I was thinking of the greatest. You know, Nintendo E3 moments. Which and also so the E3 I'm talking about specifically is 2016, when like literally Nintendo bet the farm on Breath of the Wild, and their entire conference was about Breath of the Wild. And that's what I was going to bring up too, because like I, you, uh, Kevin, you said earlier, like you thought that the Skyward Sword presentation at E3 kind of ruined tech demos for, uh, for Nintendo for a while, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know about that because in 2016 with Breath of the Wild, like. There, it was nothing but them showing off the gameplay. And granted, while they didn't show like actual, like very much content, you know, the whole presentation was them doing a live tech demo. Yeah, I, th- I think um, I might have misquoted myself and worked myself into a little bit of a shoot here, but um, the the change of Nintendo's conferences is kind of what I was the way they work. Towards. Okay, yeah, that makes a yeah, lot more sense. So like being up on a stage and presenting the game, be like, "Here's the game. We're gonna play it for you live right now." Has the I mean that that's also changed too because Nintendo has done the Nintendo Directs and the Treehouse, 
Nintendo Treehouse, where they show the game off, here's everything in the Direct, and then they do have those live gameplay sessions. It's also kind of changed with the industry in general, I think. Like, we're seeing a lot less of that. E3 tends to be a lot more, here's the trailer. Yeah, some of it might actually be in-engine or gameplay, but, like, it's very rare that you see them dedicate, like, 15 to 20 minutes on any single game where they're actually just sitting there and playing it. I think the last time we saw that was, what, 2015 or so? Well, it's it's a much more cinematic experience now, and it's it's if you are having um, you know playable um, gameplay, then it's in a more controlled environment. With Breath of the Wild, I mean, Nintendo didn't have a choice but to have that game playable since it was their only game, and so, it was also like the only thing we'd ever actually seen of Breath of the Wild, other than a twenty-second teaser and a minute and a half trailer. Right. So, but yeah, I think from from that moment on, like you can see, Nintendo definitely went to more of a controlled environment where they, you know, where they were made to look good, and nothing like that could happen again. Because uh, I mean, now they don't even do anything live anymore. It's pretty much just the uh, pre-taped Nintendo conferences and the treehouse, yeah, and yeah, and trios, yeah. And it's as a gamer too, like being able to see that during the week of E three is, like, incredibly rewarding. Like, not just seeing, like, oh, here's this trailer, and it's like, oh, you won't know anything about the game until it releases, like, three years from now. Yeah. With Nintendo, it's like, yeah, it like, this is on the horizon. Like, you're gonna have this soon. Definitely... I really do appreciate that. Uh, when, while I was there for that year, it was really, it was really interesting to see the differences in how and how not only has Nintendo changed their approach to releasing games like this and and showing them off, but just like their their whole presentation, it's it's quite it's not only different, but it's also very interesting to see the the beauty of it. Because I think Nintendo, the way Nintendo does things now with their E3 presentations, is so much better, and it it just it feels better. Yeah, having a curated Let's direct see. where you have everything planned out is mm-hmm. just infinitely more better than... It, it's the way to go. Yeah. And and I think we'll see other companies do this too. The live presentation may die in the next few years. Um, and I think that you have Skyward Sword to thank for that. Probably one of the most infamous moments in Nintendo history. Probably definitely the most infamous moment in Legend of Zelda history. You think every developer who was watching that presentation kind of cricked their head and go, okay, something's got to change. We can't let this happen to us. <laughs> oh, man, I would I would have felt just so bad for, for Miyamoto-san, and especially Bill Trennan up there just left to die and to, to try and curate this mess. He's such a good sport, so. though. Like... If there's anybody on the Nintendo team, like, apart from Reggie, who I just look at and I'm like, you know, that guy is a champion for what he's got to put up with and what he does. It's got to be Bill. He's He's got such a heart of gold, and he handles things with such humility and grace that, you know, the fact that he was standing up there <laughs> as long as he did just left out to dry, and the fact that he's still there, still chugging along with Miyamoto and everybody, <laughs> just, he's he's a champion. 
I hope that Reggie bought him uh, a few fingers of scotch after that <laughs> performance. <laughs> a few, yeah. Like a lifetime supply, hopefully. So I'm trying to remember, this is pretty off topic. What did main event E3 that year for Nintendo? Would it have been Mario Odyssey 2? I think you mean Super Mario Galaxy 2. Or, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Galaxy <laughs> I 2. I caught you Galaxy twice 2. now on Odyssey. Man, Odyssey oh, no, 2. No, did I say it before too? Uh, yeah, Odyssey, Odyssey 2 is coming next year, Andy. I'd be down for that. Time travel. Yeah, Kevin, so you're just you're lucky that you're that you're not here whenever I call our listeners readers. <laughs> that's, that's been known to happen known to happen it happens um, every episode i think yeah well, I, I didn't do this i'm episode. not too sure okay. though on on the two, 2010 docket feels like an eternity ago that's true it really I does mean, it was it was a long time ago it was almost 10 years ago now can you man can you believe that i can't believe i'm this old Oof. the 90s will always be 10 years ago I. <laughs> I wish. That is right. So a quick, a quick look, um, shows that the Nintendo 3DS was was shown. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. That's true because didn't they yeah. also show off Ocarina of Time 3D? That's right. Uh, they did. Yep, yeah, in uh, Kid Icarus Uprising. Yeah, and we so. had Star Fox also. Oh yeah, oh, we man. did Star Fox and uh, and Donkey Kong as well. So a lot of uh, oh, a lot of cool. Oh, and Metroid Other M was announced. A lot of. I remember being super hyped for that when I saw that. Yeah, there were a lot of hard hitters that year. And it's funny, too, because now when we're thinking about it, we're all like, oh, Skyward Sword was the only thing that we can remember from that. And we look back. And I mean, (laughs) looking at it now, it's a good thing that they did lead with Skyward Sword, because if that would have been the final impression, Lord help us. But that's the thing, though. It kind of is our last impression, because that's what we remember most. We don't remember a whole lot of it. It's our lasting impression, but at least it didn't close out their their show you know the, the bad taste of skyward sword is at least kind of like offset by the 3ds and and ocarina of time 3d yeah unfortunately not for I mean, nintendo it still tastes pretty bad but yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to see what happens next week are you guys expecting any big zelda announcements next week i can always hope but i don't expect it especially since breath of wild was last year i always think, always look out for some of the Game Boy titles to be remade on the 3DS or on the Switch at this point. Triforce Heroes Link's 2? Awakening. Yeah, Link's Awakening. Oh, Triforce Heroes that. I'd go nuts for if there's another. I don't think that's going to happen. Probably not, but so we, I wanna, you and I can dream. Kevin, I want to give you some predictions that me and Taylor made on our show, and I want you to weigh in on if you think that there's a sliver of a chance of these happening. Okay. Throw his, prediction, <laughs> his prediction is Link's Awakening remake on the 3DS. It was 3DS, right, Taylor? Yeah. Yeah, that's what do you a think buy. About that? I'll, t- I'll take it for the Switch, but I predicted that? it okay. on the 3DS. I'll, I'll take that. My prediction, a Game Boy Classic Edition, not an N64, a Classic Edition, featuring Link's Awakening uh, in the Oracle games. That I might sell. Oh, I don't know if that's going to happen. Okay. Um, my prediction... More DLC for Breath of the Wild. I think that's a sell too. I think they uh, they hit the limit on it. 
Oof, I'd crowd. still buy it if it came out, but I don't think there's going to be any more. Yeah, I think all uh, of this Taylor, is definitely did you have any more Zelda predictions? Uh, I don't think I did. I kind of couched everything don't. in that one prediction where I was like, you know, I'll take... I'm predicting Link's Awakening remake on 3DS. I'm hoping for on Switch or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. no, I think that was the only Zelda thing I put up there. Um, okay, I had one more Zelda one, so buy or sell on this. Four Swords remake, packaged with Four Swords Adventure remake that launches with Nintendo's online service oh, in September. Oh, man, I would... Oh, man, I'd lose my mind. That would be awesome. I'm going to have to sell, though. I don't think that's going to happen. Oh man, come on. See, Kevin and I are of one mind I here. would love, I would love, love, love for that. Yeah. Specifically Would that be so cool to get, like, the Zelda Dungeon crew together? and game cubes that's, that. Yeah. yeah. That, that, yeah it's almost right. criminal at this point. It's, uh, no, I don't think it can happen. That's what we want to buy, but I think, it's... I think it's sell. coming back for the Switch. I really, I have, I have a feeling in my heart that it's coming. Okay, buy and sell this. I wrote an article the other day about Zelda Rabbids, and everybody was was dumping all over me for it. But man, I hope that they announce that. I don't know if that'll happen. Out of curiosity, I don't, those people, I don't think it'll happen either. Out of curiosity, those people who are dumping on you for that, did any of them actually play Mario vs. Rabbids? No, none of them. Not See? one. I asked them that, and they were just like, I don't need to play it. I don't like the Rabbids. Oh. And I was like, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't even try it? And you like, poor, poor no. Fools. Refusals. Yeah. And it's 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 a great game. I, I finished it up last week and it was so much fun. All right. I would love to see like uh, Zelda in that context, but suppose you know, some people are just against the idea of Zelda meshing with that at all. So. Alright, listeners. It, okay, Mario or sorry, Zelda and Rabbids aside, look, if you have not gone out and played Mario vs. Rabbids, even if you don't buy it, if you go to a friend's house or something and play it, please play it. Give it a shot because it is probably one of the funniest things and one of the more entertaining games you'll play on the Switch right now. I also need somebody to play with co-op, so, you know, hit me up. That's true. Andy does need friends. I do need friends. None of my friends have Switches, so they're not really my friends at all. Ouch. That's a that's a hot take right there. That's right. That's, so can that's I throw my hat into the uh, into the E three prediction? Do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's here's see what my, you got, Kevin. Uh, here's my hail mary. Zelda. Fire emblem. Ooh. Like Zelda Crossfire emblem. Okay. Zelda Crossfire emblem. You know so what? A Fire Emblem game Ooh, with you, Zelda. Like, characters. hold up, hold up. Like a like a Warriors kind of game, or like a straight up Fire Emblem game. Like a straight up Fire Emblem game. You know, with Zelda characters. I remember writing a daily debate a few months ago, and where I was asking about like what kind of crossovers with Zelda you'd like to see, and I think you know Fire Emblem was actually probably one of the most requested, along with like Witcher and and Dark Souls. It's become a very big. Breath uh, of the Nintendo Wild pretty much is Witcher. Hiking. No, What's Breath that? of the Wild and Witcher are very different. Very different. Don't ever... There's, there's similarities. It's, they're, it's different. Not, they're definitely it's similar. There are the same similarities between Breath of the Wild and Skyrim than there are Breath of the Wild and, and uh, Witcher. Like, Skyrim they're, and Breath they're of the skin Wild deep. are extremely similar. They're skin deep, dude. Skin deep. I can name so many no. differences between... No, I, I, yeah, yes, you could name differences, but... 
it's not it's not like a completely different they're different the same planet, no they're the same type of game they're in the they're same genre yeah they're in the same genre they're the same type but it. they're very very different games swords horses magic again you're talking I mean, genres obvi- obviously types, there are differences not... but they're in the same genre and they're the same like style of game they're, yeah they're, but i think they're quite similar yeah there, but when you but you're, i think there's enough differences to distinguish the two they're yeah i, I mean obviously also. obviously there's enough differences to distinguish the two but like if you were to say what's more similar to zelda like skyrim or i don't know fire emblem i would probably say skyrim because fire oh, emblem is sure, completely yeah. different well, yeah. rpg style of yeah but oh, Fire, yeah, Fire Emblem is completely different. But Fire Emblem has never been an open RPG, and that's, I mean, okay, I, I get what you're saying. I really do. It's just like, it doesn't it doesn't really matter ultimately because what we're talking about is Fire Emblem Cross Zelda. I'm just saying, like, amongst all the things that people were saying, hey, you know, I'd like this combined with Zelda, you know, Fire Emblem was there at the top, so was Witcher, and so was... Um, so it was uh, Bloodborne, and, uh, or rather the Soulsborne series. You know what should be mixed with Zelda? Blade Runner. <laughs> How would Blade that even Runner work? Zelda? That's right. The futuristic steampunk Zelda. I'd play, I'd play that. that. Sounds awesome. There was always talks of a future Zelda. I remember like a phony concept art for like a Epona motorcycle. Didn't we and kind of get that? I mean, now we, we have, like, an actual <laughs> motorcycle. We kind of got that twice. Yeah. We got Mario Kart, the Master Cycle, and we have the uh, Master Cycle Zero. Let me take this back for a second. So everybody complaining that, oh, Zelda's too good for rabbits, you must be outraged, then, that there is a motorcycle in Breath of the Wild. Because how is that any different? You know, like... I think there were a lot of people the main, who were upset The main about thing that. I got was, like, oh, they don't fit the theme of Zelda. They don't fit the tone of Zelda. And uh, and how does a motorcycle a motorcycle fit? Like, come on! Yeah, Zelda can do anything at this point. I don't know about that. I w- I, I mm. no, they could. Mm-mm. I don't think so. If I think if so. Darksiders can have guns and swords and and demons, then Zelda can do the same thing. I I don't think they can do anything. I think there's there's definitely a line. I don't know what line that is just yet like i'm trying to think i, I don't think rad having toon link with the rabbits would cross that line though no not at all oh i'd play that yeah for sure i'd play that so just hey, if, if right. a game like hyrule warriors can come out and and be great yeah despite you my know, absolute can... hatred for toon link i could totally see that happening and i'd play it too yeah that'd be cool i think the toon link era has kind of passed is it though but for sure i i think uh, we're at a weird crossroads in zelda right now does that mean yeah, the, the next big... Smash is going to bring back Young Link? Please say yes. Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, There's no difference between Young Link and Toon Link. There is. Yes, there is. Young Link has no, a no, soul. There isn't. Asi- aesthetics aside, there's no difference. Yeah, Young Link shoots fire arrows. Come on. Yeah, that's a huge difference. It's like the same dude. Nah, they have different moves. Mechanically, I think also the character did change quite a bit in terms of like damages and, and range, too. I believe uh, Toon Link you know has greater who, range than Young Link did. You know who they nerfed in Smash 4 was Falco. He used to be one of my mains, and now he sucks. Well, that's that's I because like it, they all knew that Rivali was coming and that nobody would ever want to play Falco ever again. That's right. 
for Volley Smash. We're <laughs> gonna get new. Uh, you think we're gonna get more Zelda characters in Smash? Uh, skins, at least, I think. You know what? Now, the more I think about it, I the more I want to retract my previous statement of of Link being replaced because I, I, I do think that we're gonna get Breath of the Wild Link, and I think that he might have all new moves and replace like classic Link. I don't think there will be two characters, but I think that there will be I'm totally a new cool Breath of the Wild that. Link. We've had Twilight Princess Link for years. Can we have Ocarina of Time Link back, please? At least either Young Link or or Adult Link, or Teen Link. I, either let's, one I'll take. Let's save this for future episode though, because I'm pretty sure that we're going to get some Smash news that will uh, reveal to us just who is going to be in that game we over can, at E3. We can save it for the E3 Fallout episode. That's right, E3 Fallout coming at you uh, the week after E3, of course. Uh, so that's a wrap on episode number 14 of the Champions cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. So uh, once again, we'd like to thank uh, Kevin for coming in and uh, rapping to us about the Zelda Dungeon Marathon. So thank, thank you very, very much. much. I had a great time. This was a lot of fun. We need I'm to sure bring we'll him back. we be talking to you again before uh, that all gets, gets started. Uh, who knows? Maybe we can all get together in person live at the marathon and we'll do some, some cool stuff on the Champions cast for you. Before we get there, though, don't forget, next week, June 12th, Zelda Dungeon Twitch. Taylor and I are going to be live. We're going to be live an hour before Nintendo's show starts, where we're going to offer you some more analysis, predictions, uh, shenanigans. We're going to watch the stream with you, and then we are going to be with you for an hour or really who knows how long afterwards. And uh, we'll, we'll check out what's going on in the treehouse. We will answer any questions. We will offer you our hot takes on what we just saw. That's June 12th. Make sure that you stop by and say hello and check out Nintendo's E3 conference with us. So that's going to be a good time. I'm excited. Same here. It's going to be an interesting year, I think. It's going to be a good one. We're going to have a lot of Smash news. We're going to have uh, a Netflix virtual console-like, and we're going to have uh, Four Swords announced. So it's going to be awesome. And you're gonna watch. Awesome. And you're gonna watch Andy succumb to the pressure of having to play Final Fantasy VIII when he loses. That'll never happen. Never in a million years. So for Kevin, for Taylor, I'm Andy. Thank you for listening. Make sure to head over to uh, Podbean and iTunes where you can like the Champions Cast, subscribe to the Champions Cast, drop a comment to the Champions cast and uh, just let us know how awesome my predictions are and how out to lunch Taylor is. We all know that but sometimes it's nice just to see it in writing and uh, we will see you all next week for the big live show. So no show next week on Monday. We do have a bonus episode going up for you today to make up for that but we will see you Tuesday, June 12th and until then everybody 